Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking out the podcast. This week, we're doing a recap episode of all the releases we've done in 2020. I'm having one person on from each band or project to talk about it. We're going to go through chronologically of every release of last year. What a fucked up year. Ugh, really stupid year. I'm glad I was able to put out some of my favorite records that I've put out. Uh, as far as Choke Artist, it seemed like a pretty cool year as far as like some more continuity. Bands I've wanted to work with, I was able to. You know, kind of slowly carving out a little pocket of emo math rock, but then occasionally throwing in some punk or ska shit to just throw people off, you know? <laughs> Ultimately, I'm going to put out music I like. Uh, sometimes it's going to be math rock emo, and sometimes it's not. And uh, I appreciate you understanding that and being down with that. And hopefully this podcast will be a good way for you to hear some of the other releases you might have not checked out. Like, who wants to just listen to one music, one genre of music anyway? Honestly, I like all music except country and rap. That was a joke. There's no one here to laugh at it. So anyway, we're going to get started. I'm going to start with the Floral LP. It was the first release last year. I didn't even like remember that it came out last year because it was so, so long ago as far as this shit happening. But yeah, thank you, and I hope you enjoy. Nate Sherman from Florals here, and he's going to uh, walk us through the song Saturday Night. What's up, Nate? Yo, good to see you. Yeah, yeah. So I guess off the bat, one thing I, I did want to bring up was that this the title of the song has some significance to me and to, and to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's named after the song Saturday Night by Wigfield. <laughs> maybe maybe you should play a little bit of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna splice it in. Um, that uh, was introduced to us on the UK tour, Summer UK Invalids World Tour 2019 um, by our driver, um, Adam. Adam James, yeah. His last name's James, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and apparently it's like a, it's like a, a classic in, in the UK, like sort of like a classic silly dance song. It was like a... I was gonna say it was like a UK version of Spice Girls, but Spice Girls are also UK, so that doesn't really huh. hold up. But it was and like I, a dance pop. I don't think it had nearly as much cultural significance as Spice Spice Girls either. Like yeah, like a throwaway song. But so so yeah. Adam Adam showed us the song on a drive one day, and then from that day forward, it was played at the end of every show. <laughs> like, yeah, talk to the sound person, be like, yeah, you got to play this. <laughs> like right, right after the set, just. <laughs> to load out yeah yeah um yeah i don't know like why we decided to like commit an entire song on the record but i i guess it you know like that that is the last song on the record it's like one of the last songs that i wrote on the record like a lot of them were written before that tour and like on that tour i think that that was like the first time we were playing that song i guess um so yeah, I, I you know it kind of feels right in a way to like memorialize uh, that tour in name of the song on yeah. the last song of the record. You that know? was <laughs> seeing seeing Floral on that tour. I was like, okay, they fucking leveled up like with the songwriting, but also like Ty breaking out the guitar at times. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think the effect of that live is like really dope. You know. Yeah. Like, on the record, it's cool because you know it's like another element, but live like no one really does that 
you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really sick. And like, he'll do like hi-hat it. He'll still play drums like a little bit with his feet too. So yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, man. But I mean, that was a, that was a while. I feel like we do a whole podcast recapping that tour, but yeah. ha- having fucking Adam, the Scottish bastard drive us around. And just, yeah. Shout out Adam. Yeah, dude. The Big antics we, we got into on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I I miss it a lot right now. That's for sure. Yeah, just the, the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 hard. Um, I forget who I am a little bit without like live music. It's a part of my life a lot. And yeah, it's gone. So. Well, especially for you, man. I mean, you're like the, the you're like a veteran. You're like you're like DIY veteran. Yeah, DIY. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate, I'm twenty thousand dollars in debt. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Oh, you should get you should get benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides like clout, which I don't even think I have clout, so I don't even know. My back hurts. That's <laughs> I think I think you have clout. Thanks. I think I think I think you, you you definitely have ska clout, if anything. If you have, any, <laughs> I've 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 told people that I'm friends with the drummer of the best of the worst, and they've genuinely gotten excited. Like I've like I've met people that I've genuinely gotten excited about. Damn, that. that's pretty tight. So, yeah, we yeah. have we have a new album coming. I'll send I'll send you a little. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Back to Saturday night. Yeah, great cap on the LP, dude. I forgot that Floral LP came out this year. I mean, I in know. 2020. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did, and uh, honestly, like, I'm not super bummed at how it went for that record. Like I'm actually, I actually think like, you know, the pandemic couldn't have happened at a better time for us, I guess. If, you know, we, how we had just, you know, we had, we did that, um, the UK tour and then we recorded the album. And then uh, at the start of 2020, we went on tour with standards and the album came out and that was like a great tour, you know, like every show was like pretty great. Um, we sold like a bunch of vinyl, sold like a bunch of merch and like, it was overall just like a really good experience. And we hadn't really planned, like we had some tentative plans for later in that, in that year, we were planning on coming to the East coast. That was a little bit more concrete for sure, but we hadn't like reinvested any money into new merch or anything. So we were kind of in a good spot after, after the, the the pandemic hit, you know? Sure. Yeah. And and I felt, and I, I felt pretty satisfied with how, the, the whole rollout went and like you know like a lot of like people people were into it you know we gained a lot of followers and new fans i think from it hell too. yeah yeah ended on a high note for sure yeah well, it's, yeah. i mean definitely a bummer that we couldn't do um you know east coast and anything else at all it'll, <laughs> it'll happen yeah whenever it'll happen again yeah but we'll set it up whenever you need it of course definitely grateful for what we were able to get in last year yeah sure. totally dude Hell yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about it. Uh, We're going to play the song now. Everyone can check it out. All right.
Max is here from Ultra Deluxe, and they're going to tell us about the song, The Cypress Stomp, which was on a seven-inch Scrams chiptune split we did uh, early last year. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So um, that song actually started out as an instrumental song, like when I was still solo by myself. And then um, when Eric joined the band, I was like, okay, I might as well scream over this. And like that happened around the time of, um, it's really depressing, but the Parkland shooting. Um, so um, like at first I was, you know, like really pissed because as a teacher, you know, like those school shootings really uh, affect me a lot. Um, but, you know, as I've grown more into my radical leftism, I think that guns are okay as long as it's like anybody that's not a right-wing person having them. Um, as we're seeing like, um, you know, as we're seeing today, you know, with the Capitol being stormed and stuff like that. But the main thing is that um, there's a line in there like, uh, um, arm my colleagues with what money when crushed receipts by the bread of the difference. So basically, there was all this crazy talk about like arming teachers to defend against. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's like, are, are you going to get it? Cause I know you're a teacher as well. And they're like, are you going to get a gun? Or are they going to give you one? And I'm like, that is the worst idea ever. Um, but also like there's like the line crushed receipts for the bread of the difference. Like a lot of people don't know. I mean, obviously um, teachers have to pay a lot of out of pocket for their own school supplies, but it's like, if we can't even afford school supplies, like how, who's buying these guns? Like yeah. how, who, who would get this? Um, but yeah, it's just like, um, I don't know. The, the right has all the access to guns and they have all the guns. And if the left is going to do anything, we need to, you know, understand that like we're dealing with people that have the cops on their side and the KKK is on their side. And we need to, um, I didn't realize it was about Parkland too. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've, it was, yeah, it was about Parkland. It was also about the Pittsburgh shooting. Um, well, it was like I was on tour one day with because I'm Jewish and the Pittsburgh shooting happened um, and I was like playing that song that night and it was like really weird for me to play that song. When that yeah. But, yeah. And it, it is definitely funny context that today this, you know, I, I would like to think that most people that own guns are responsible, but then you get like like a 1% of fired up morons that are like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the song and my view on guns has really changed. Um, like, I don't know, it seems like as a leftist, it's almost necessary for us to have one now. Um, and I would support any leftist having one, you know, if they're responsible with it. Um, but it's just like, I think there's a, I don't know, the fact that like, I've had more lockdown drills than like, I care to admit you know it's just like that's yeah. the world that our kids live in way more lockdown drills than when i was a kid for sure and kids just know what to do right away it's kind yeah, of surreal yeah. it's also kind of surreal when they all stand for the pledge <laughs> oh yeah yeah my i haven't uh i was one of the kids in high school that was like nah fuck, i don't believe in god i'm not gonna yeah oh yeah i mean the song bangs like right out the gate i, I really <laughs> like this track and i'm glad i was able to like put it up like we were able to put it on the split because it's just like so much fun like the perfect blend you know it's a pretty experimental project and this is the because your album because we did a podcast like two years ago or whatever and this isn't a concept album like the other stuff no yeah so like i said this song was like one of the first songs i ever wrote before i had this concept record this like space opera thing and so this is like one of the last songs i think is ever going to be like that yeah oh it's interesting well, hell yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to do it. We're going we're gonna to throw that tune on. Max, thanks for coming on and talking about it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take of course. Care. Yeah, yeah.
Okay, Champagne Color Cars are here. They're going to walk us through Cache Memory, the first track off of their LP Tourism. Choker's debut in Old Press Records. What's up, fellas? Yo, Joe. Uh, hey. Hey, what? Yo, it's a solid, solid ass opener, though, if I do say so myself. It's hard. The hardest and best it's song. The hardest yeah, song. It's the hardest one to play, so we made it first. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, nice balance. You kind of get everything. It really kind of shows you everything you're going to get in the album in some ways. So I like it. Walk, walk me through it, fellas. What was it like? You wrote it and then added lyrics or? Yeah, that's how we do all of them pretty much, which really pissed our producer Nathan off, who likes to base everything around lyrics and write lyrics for half a year before making a song. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we I can't remember how much of that we wrote. I think we, for that one, the more, any of the more choppy songs like that, we get like basic parts down and then I'll go home and uh, splice it up a little bit and move things around and, and shorten and lengthen things and, and just try and make it a little more interesting, try and make transitions better and stuff like that. Yeah. I, songwriting wise, I think it's like your tightest material to date. Yeah. I would like to do more songs like that for sure. It's slick, you know. You get everything like the right, the right amount of time. Everything's like tasteful. I don't. Know, I, I think you guys did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. Damn, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I mean, it helps that you paid me four hundred dollars before this to say that. So. Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> I'm going. We really broke. needed you to say good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's the song about? Uh, it's really just about um, trying to focus on being in the moment. Something I we all know I have trouble doing and like focusing on the important shit rather than worrying about things I can't control and stuff like that. Yeah. I like that. Friendship, music, good times, hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I like it. True. How about like you two quiet guys? You want to add anything? I just, I threw up a heart reacts cause I agree. Sometimes. <laughs> You gotta live. You gotta live in the moment, okay? And that's what the heart react is all about. Slam. That's that's how I. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. When you live in the fast lane, it's hard sometimes to just hit the brakes, <laughs> hit the brakes, and, <laughs> and slow down. <laughs> Go fast and furious like us. You have to. Yeah, you gotta think. Yeah. In, in the moment. How about it like is the fastest song on the? It's the fastest song on the album, so. Oh, nice. That, that metaphor makes sense. Good, good. I think the reception of the album was more than like we hoped for, right? Yeah, we definitely actually have a couple fans now instead of just our friends being nice to us, which is kind tight. of popping in Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no cap. It would probably be bigger if it did actually premiere on like Pitchfork or something, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> Russia is doing good. Yeah, yeah. Casey got snubbed by Pitchfork. Can you believe that? Like, they were all set to do the interview and the album release, and then what happened, Pitchfork? Sometimes things just fall apart, I guess. <laughs> no, I... I a song I, about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, it did help, like, solidify you guys. I mean, it was the first full length, too, from the band, which helped, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, first thing with Clay, too. Yeah, Clay, Facts. good job. Thanks. Yeah. I did my best. When, uh, when the vinyl comes in, because I was like debating, and Tyler, I was telling you, I was debating putting this on the podcast for next year, but it's like, who knows if I'm even doing this by next year? I'm like, let's just do one now. 
because like yeah. the, the album just came out it's fresh it'd be good to talk about it when vinyl comes in we'll do like a nice proper hour-long pod about it and just really get to the bottom of things you know really dig deep yeah <laughs> all right well yeah thanks for coming through and talking about it um we're gonna play cache memory off of tourism by champagne color cars now <laughs> yeah, check it out. All right, Stephen from Adventure is here, and they're going to talk a little bit about the track House off of their debut EP. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Good to talk again. Uh, so House, uh, it was kind of like this, uh, like I wrote that opening riff at first, and I was yeah. like, all right, this, this will be a cool riff. And like I just sat there and wrote that, and I was like, it's just fun to play with my fingers. But that like the, the verse riff, it was the only sweep that I knew how to play. <laughs> so like so like i had only knew like known that sweep so like i i was like all right well, i got a sweep on this yeah <laughs> so i put that little tiny sweep in there because i was like all right that's gotta be that but it was like one of like the first songs that we actually kind of like wrote out together so it was like cool to have that like that jumpy organic feel with it it definitely is a strong like open i don't like there's an interlude track but i consider this like the real like yeah let's get the, it started like the interlude track was more of like a last minute like i i had written that and i was like yeah let's put this on there as like an opener like yeah. house was always like that like bam 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 like right into it you know riff, riff city too yeah know? right that's what you know <laughs> i i didn't realize that was that was adventure's first release right was there anything before um no we did uh the ep was our first thing we had just done uh living with the ghost was our first song and then we had one more single and then we dropped the ep but yeah that was yeah. our first release yeah that's wild yeah so then when when, in, when we toured with you that tour which was like five years ago at this point or six 
how long after was that? Like, that was probably like a year after the EP had come out. No, uh, around that. Yeah, I think that was like our second tour or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So like we like we were pretty fresh on everything. So yeah, I think that EP had come out maybe like seven months or something before that tour. Wow. Like we, it was what? It was a summer tour, right? Yeah. 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 So it was. It was maybe, maybe a year after then. Damn. Wild. Wild. Yeah. That- that was a fun tour. <laughs> that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, I, I, uh, I always talk about going to your house and uh, swimming in your pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hanging at my parents' house is chill. Yeah, your your dad walks in while a couple of people are sleeping in a room, and he's like, "There's two of them in here." <laughs> Joe, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun. I and I mean, we're always like grateful because like it, adventure. You guys like showed an angles to people, and like you got us on a tour with you guys, like with Kurt and everything. So. Yeah, we still show in angles to everybody. I listen to in angles like probably once or twice a week still. Like Damn. it's on my like uh, playlists and everything. Yeah, you're the well, best, you guys, dude. Hey, you guys are constantly dropping some fucking fire music. How am I not supposed to listen to you guys? I've been I mean, a fan since fucking upstairs though. So yeah, yeah. Well, we both had EPs on that tour, and that's all we really. Had. That was all. Yeah, that's what we were touring on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're slow with music. Um, I mean, there's new adventure so coming too. Yeah, but so this this album is now going to be four years after our last album, which was four years after the first one. So wow, man. Yeah, we're we're, we're about a four years between release kind of band. Yeah, but you take your time and you make sure it all counts. You know. Yeah, no, it's definitely like I'm definitely proud of what we're like releasing. So yeah, and I mean, I was telling you before we hit record, but like the reception to like posting the vinyl for the first EP. Yeah. People were so fucking stoked. I was like, this is really cool to see. Yeah. Well, and I, a lot of people hit me up and I was like, yo, is Sacred Grove next? And I was just like, I don't know, man. That's up to Blue Swan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I don't have enough money for lawyers. So. That's what I'm saying. I might, that one might just stay not pressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you, never, you never know, I guess. Right. I have it on 8-track, so I mean, at least there's that. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, did that guy on Instagram do it? Uh, yeah. That guy rocks. Emo yeah. Cow Records. Dude. Yeah. He rocks. He, he like hit me up and like he like showed it to me and I was like, yo, dude, that is the coolest thing. I said, like, you want it? Yeah. So he just sent it to me. <laughs> hell yeah, man. All right. Well, yeah, I'm going to start this track and everyone can fucking check it out. If you like it, we still have some Adventure Vital left. Not a lot, but it's up in the web store. So you can always go uh, cop it. And dude, thank you for coming on the chat. I appreciate it. Yeah.
Sick. So Luke Hendricks is here from from Kissies and from Teenage Halloween. Yeah. Bunch of other things. Couple things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, we're here because we're talking about the song Camp Shame, which is the was it the first track on the the split that we did? I I wish I knew, but yeah, <laughs> it, um, it, I think it's the first of yeah yeah it is the first track. Because I know yeah. we had to switch the sides. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is the first track, actually. I think it's a great way to open it. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed that song a whole lot. I actually didn't write the lyrics to it, but Kevin did. And I feel great about it because it's about, like, just breaking past, um, breaking past truly, like, oppressive thoughts that people put towards you and, like, being kind of finding, like, euphoria and self and trying to like break past like like bullshit outside things that just make you feel terrible about your life yeah it's it's to me it always seemed like that was like not the point of kissies but like an underlying message to like the theme kind of that came up a lot lyrically Yeah, yeah i think so we um we're all like we all like came into this being like this is gonna be like the more like confrontationally political band that we're in so like we're definitely stoked on the direction the band's going in because it's very um it's it's definitely a little more upfront than a lot of our other stuff. So yeah. yeah. So tell tell me a little bit, I guess, about writing the track or the writing process for Kissies in general. Um so the way it was until like so we're writing a new record right now, and that has been a lot more like we write it right there. But the way that we have been doing it in the past is like someone rolls up with like a riff and then we like and kind of like pick who sings it and stuff and like who's who's responsible for the lyrics and all that. And for Camp Shame, Kevin came with like pretty much the whole song done. I wrote like a small part of it and then Angley had like a couple cool parts and we just we put it together naturally in like a day. And it felt like it felt cool because that was like um that I really wanted Kevin to like stick to kind of like a metal type of guitar playing, like because there's like a lot of like death metal vibes in that song, and um, it yeah no it came together really really collaboratively, and we hung out one day and wrote it. Yeah, I I, I mean as soon as those octaves come in after that like brooding intro and it just starts like ripping. Very cool. yeah, that's the that's the part that I was really pushing for personally. I mean I love like Kevin like had it and it was like it was like two measures instead of like eight. And I, I could, I just thought that part was so sick that Kevin wrote. So I was like, we need to like keep going. Like this yeah. is crazy. Hell yeah. And, and um, you know, it, we had, uh, I had gray matter on before and we talked about the song, like dang, love yourself. And it's like very like self-affirming, like, and I, I kind of feel this is coming from like a similar place, but like, I have the lyrics up, cursed with the shame of dysphoria, trying to keep a good mindset, plagued with discomfort, chasing the image of people who tell me how to live my life. Like we're downers. Yeah. We, we, we were, um, it's like, kind of like, it's kind of like trying to tell people to fuck off in like the most doomer way. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hate that word. I just thought I should say it as a joke sometimes. No, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but the way it ends, fuck norms, murder creeps, accept all the freaks. If you don't, destroy my personality 
Yeah, you can't really talk about murder if you're not singing it. So <laughs> that's true. You that's put like, in the song, it's fine. Like you can't just like post like, ah, oh, I'm like gonna murder you. But it's just kind of like, it's like we we put it in that song because it's like kind of like the most extreme thing you can say against someone, and yeah. it's just kind of like a lot of our lyrics are like fun and exaggerated ways of our how we feel. Like it's not like like we're definitely like we definitely try to add an edge to what's going on. So yeah. that I don't know. It, it's fun. It feels it feels really like hardcore to sing shit like that. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Well, yeah, it's a killer song. So we're gonna we're gonna Thank put it on now. Yeah, totally. I'm glad I was able to like, be a part of this split. So oh yeah, no, same here. I um I loved what you did, and I thought that I think the records look great and stuff. So I'm um really stoked. Hell yeah! And big thanks to Maddie too for um helping with the art and like helping me format and everything and helping yeah, put shit, them together. That shit looks like it came out in 2002. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, here's Camp Shane by Kissy's Luke. Thanks for coming through and talking about it. No problem. Thank you. Good seeing you. All right, we got Mac from Gray Matter here to talk a little bit about the track off the Gray Matter LP called Dang, Love Yourself. So Mac, thanks for being here. Heck yeah, absolutely. So walk, walk me through it. I mean, like right off the bat, it's such a fucking posy, like get hyped, like self reaffirming song. Like when, how was it like written or like, what was your approach really? Uh we wrote the music i don't know uh i write a lot of the guitar for the band and so we write the music first and then the lyrics afterwards or at least that was like the process for most of climbing out and um i don't know we were going for kind of a more fusion style song that had lots of different like funk elements and um i don't know uh, a lot of the stuff we do is kind of like i don't know i kind of think of it like collage where you kind of take a little bit of something you like and collage it with some other stuff that maybe it's not normally next to. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, the track comes on fast, I think, cause like it just jumps out of the gate with those lyrics, but, uh, I don't know. It just, the song had a lot of really positive energy to it. I don't know. Uh, playing like upstrokes. I play a lot of major chords, even though, um, I don't know, even though a lot of the songs are not necessarily bright or fun in their topicality. So, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I felt, 
I don't know. I like high intensity stuff. I feel like I want gray matter music to all be really high intensity. And uh, yeah. yeah, even like even the slow stuff, I think it's, I don't know. A lot of the slow places on the album, I think are pretty intense, even if they're not uh, like, get, they don't have anybody yelling or even if they're not that loud. It's, it's like, still, it manages to be like aggro still and like very like punk, like Fugazi vibe, but just like, dirty angular stuff or like even when it's like more tame like it, it ramps up really cool I, I like what you said about collaging because i feel like as like ska core bands that's like part of the job is just like fusing whatever you can into it and making it work definitely yeah and i think especially with like dang uh there was definitely like a through line of positivity it felt like a song i really wanted to um i don't know uh i wanted to put some oomph behind in terms of like, uh, I don't know, in terms of, I wanted to put some oomph behind it in terms of like how passionately I felt about it. Like, I yeah. think, uh, I don't know. I think like that's a big thing in punk too. I think a lot of people write sad songs or they like, they write mad songs. And as much as Grey Matter is about collaging like different types of genres, it's also like, I like to think of the project as like a collage of emotions too. Like, I really think that, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, Dang, love yourself is, uh, it's about finding yourself and like, I don't know, kind of realizing your identity and like, it's a long process and it's never over. And it's a really, it's like progress is not linear. It's, uh, I like to think of it as being like, it's all very intense and you're going to feel every bit of it, but uh, you're going to go through different stages. You know, it's like a roller coaster. There are ups and there are downs and um, even though it's all intense, like going uphill is still just as intense as going down. It's just a very different kind of intense. And I think that like in Dang, I wanted to capture a few of the different types of being like, I don't know, mad, but also confident, but also a little scared and timid at some points. Like there's a big section in that song where there aren't any lyrics at all, which I, I've always thought was kind of interesting. Like I didn't know if people liked that or felt like they were missing, but I, I feel like uh, I don't know. I wanted to give uh, people time to think. I think, like, I don't know. I want, as much as Grey Matter is, a, I don't know, as much as our lyricism is about, like, spelling things out for people and being, like, a little more obvious, being like, hey, you know. Uh, like addressing things, issues that you find, like, pertinent, for sure. Right, important, and, like, we're very direct about that. But at the same time, I want to give people time to, like, think and breathe a little bit about it. Like, I don't think it's... Um, yeah and, so. and thrash and like have a fun time at a show too. right definitely yeah and that's the thing too you can't spend the whole show trying to sing all the words you know you gotta dance and i don't know sometimes you guys just rock you know yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah i don't know if that answered your question at all no it totally did i think that summed it up in a very nice way i mean once you hear the track you're gonna everyone listening is gonna know what we're talking about too but it just right off the bat just rips and it goes into like that awesome like dancey groovy part and it's just like it's such a curveball but it's so like seamlessly like transitioned it's it's perfect so well, well thanks yeah i mean climbing out was a super important record like that had came out last year and i'm just thankful that i was a part of it so well thanks i'm really glad you're able to be a part of it too it feels like i don't know it's really bizarre being an artist especially in, i don't know having recorded the record almost a year before and then I don't know, sitting on it for a while. And um, I don't know. You never know if stuff's going to hold up, especially like, 
I feel like the last couple of years, especially in America, have been super turbulent in terms of like politically and otherwise. And uh, I yeah. don't know. I, I really, uh, it's good that this album is helping people feel good because yes, because uh, I have clinging for dear life to a lot of music right now. So I, uh, I don't know. I hope you, I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope anyone gets anything out of it. Yeah, totally. Well, Mac, thank you. And I hope we can, uh, we can rock at a show. Yeah, at some yeah. point, some point this year. I hope so. We might. Yeah, have to, yeah. <laughs> whenever you want to come to New Jersey, like let us know. Whenever yeah. we can have shows, but yeah, we'll do it. That sounds awesome. Sick. All right. Well, here is uh, "Dang Love Yourself" by Gray Matter. Logan from Snooze is here, and we're going to uh, play the song Chesapeake for you. So Logan's here to talk about it a little bit. Walk us through it. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's up? <laughs> um, so, uh, wait, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a fucking wild day. Um, but, yeah, uh, talk about, I guess the writing process for the song or lyrically really whatever you want people to know about the song. Okay. Um, so, uh, this one was, it's kind of about my old house. Um, 
and like various other themes like my parents divorce like i never wrote a song about that it's like it's doesn't it doesn't didn't really affect me that much um but that's what the they've never let you see thing lyric comes in because i never really you know my sister always wrote songs about how you know she was like right there and like i don't know it emotionally affected her more but i kind of was always like in my room like not doing anything and just alone and just playing with legos or some shit um but you know i didn't really get firsthand any of the fighting in the you know whatever it's not you, really- you were a little younger yeah yeah i was i was pretty young um when it was kind of going through and then um the yeah that's kind of where the uh uh where it's like seethe sheathe sleep you know those are like kind of the the ways that i like dealt with it i guess you know just like recede back into yourself when you're like a little kid i guess and then it kind of moves on to like um fast forward of like you know it's like i'm kind of reacting to what the house looks at like now and we all you know all of us me and my two sisters like we like uh we would always talk shit about the new owners of that house because they put up a fence in the backyard and so we had this like backyard that went out into that was not like our property anymore but it basically was our backyard was this huge like like you know you could think of the backyard as a little square but there was way more there was still more like grass and stuff and trees and stuff so we were like oh we have a really big cool backyard but they put a fence in their yard and I'm just like that's fucking stupid and like a waste of like a cool living thing yeah but I don't know yeah there was uh and that's kind of just uh that's mostly it about the house yeah about the house and about uh parent bullshit that I probably never really I won't say it really affected me too much but I feel like I never actually wrote anything about it so I was just like I'll write about this was it like cathartic to put down or put out or something yeah a little bit um uh like the you know uh the I guess the end the end is more um, I kind of return to the seething sleeping sheathing fucking theme and you know I guess you know kind of exploring what I did as like a little kid to avoid conflict and avoid like just feeling too much I guess it kind of explains a lot about my shitty adult self. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I definitely figured out ways to insulate myself as a child from oh, yeah. just, you know, similar type things or other things. And then it's funny how it carries over. And you <laughs> yeah. And it's like, then you have just these, like these, uh, these, you know, you have these like ingrained patterns and stuff that just shape your whole personality. And you're like, well, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I'm an asshole now. <laughs> one question do you say the address of the house yeah i probably shouldn't have done that (laughs) i probably shouldn't have mentioned it 
<laughs> but it just like kind of worked. I that was like the first the first lyrics. I was like, I have the lyric sheet somewhere around here with a bunch of crossed out shit. I could probably like try and make out some old stuff. But yeah, the uh, yeah, I <laughs> I probably shouldn't, have, and I also probably shouldn't have used the actual image of the house in a single. <laughs> It's like a listing, like a real estate listing. Yeah, it's just like everyone go there and make fun of them. I mean, if if, uh, if the American Football House can exist, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're just gonna be like, why is this happening? Yeah, and it's not it's not like inciting hate or you know it's just a song. Yeah, it did help paint the picture. I mean, it's a it's a descriptive song, and like you know we talked about this on the pod we did, but like a little more minimalist with vocals, but I think everything you say matters and like goes with the music nicely so yeah yeah thank you for noticing because like the you know when i've been trending that way for a while um having less vocals so that what you do every word counts and every like sometimes i don't even make like obviously like you not not always in writing and poetry and stuff like you don't you don't always say like full sentences um it looks a lot better on like the page um as like a little stream of consciousness i guess and like with all that stuff but yeah it's like i've been trending towards uh like way less words and more contained in them i guess but i it, it hasn't been really I guess it is kind of came along with uh, the changes in like the vocals. Like, you know, we were talking about last time how it's been like shoot more shoegazy and easier, basically easier to play, you know, easier to sing while I'm playing. Cause I didn't want to get like another vocalist or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, that kind of lent itself to simpler, you know, simpler, more drawn out vocals. And then, you know, more like obviously more, uh, you know, kind of shoegazy, big, big kind of vocals and stuff. It's a, it's a nice contrast. And I, congrats again on the album. Like, you know. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm stoked on every record I put out this year. And I'm glad that still was one of them because it bangs. Well, thank you for doing the vinyl because, dude, that's like the craziest part is like, you know, people, I always love when people post the vinyl variants because I haven't seen like any of them. And I'm just like looking at him. I'm just like, damn. It's like, yeah, you picked you picked a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always th- I appreciate that because I always sit on. I think about variants for a while, like yeah, a couple of days, and I stare at the art and I listen to music. And I'm like, all right, let's. <laughs> I t- I take out a big box of crayons and I just start drawing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, Logan, thanks for coming on to talk about this for a little bit. It's perfect. Of course. And uh, if you're listening. There's a podcast with Snooze that we did a couple weeks ago. That's and a noop who played drums and helped produce the album, and it's a really good listen. So be sure to check that out as well. All right, so here is Chesapeake from Snooze. Woo! Woo! The street,
<laughs> All right, I'm here with the most. We're gonna talk. Hey, hey what's up? We're gonna talk about uh, first frost, the first track off of of what we have. So, um, but I guess before we talk about that, we were just talking about this a little bit, and it would feel weird to do this whole podcast and not bring it up. But what a what a weird and silly day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what a crazy day, man. Yeah, yeah. There's too many things to say about it. It just says it all, kind of here, where it's like, you know, if this was, you know, Black Lives Matter people, it'd be handled in a totally different way. Not that we would be storming the Capitol, but uh, you know, yeah, it just this is ridiculous. I feel like it yeah. like started as like a tailgate, and then it just like got out of hand. Yeah, right. I know. Exactly. Can this can this be the last straw already? Like, can there finally be like? It's just sad. <laughs> yeah. Abrupt yeah, ending. Yes, yeah, seriously. Nice. Yeah. That would be great. But. Just so, I just got, I just got like, so we were, Joe, you asked me, you asked to come on at like 6.30 or something. And I was just like, dude, I'm such an anxious mess right now. Just because of all this whole thing that keeps on getting, like, it just keeps developing. It keeps getting worse and it keeps escalating. And uh, I had to just like put all that shit down and I just, yeah, I was just telling you guys, I watched the movie soul and cried and I feel so much better now. So. Nice. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Better days are coming. I, I do yeah. hope this was the season finale of all the fucking clown hour shit. Like I hope maybe we can move right. on. Yeah. Part of me crushed. was like, should I actually pay attention? Is it just the same old thing? You know what I mean? It's just like the same fucking people whining and being a nuisance. I'm like, you know yeah it's terrible yeah it's a pretty <laughs> it, big deal it doesn't represent the whole i mean it does because it's like publicized so widely and like spread everywhere but like that's not most people you know i would like no. to think right <laughs> no not at all <laughs> <laughs> definitely not yeah no well yeah I, pre- I, I appreciate all of you like weighing in on it but um we're here to talk about first frost because I, I guess I was saying that to Sean before, I was like very torn on what um, song to pick for this like recap episode. But I feel like that song just kind of grabs you and it's just like such a good, like if you're listening to what we have, it's like a great way to kind of start off listening to the album. Cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, I always felt like it was a strong opener. So, and that I we probably talked about this on the podcast we did, but if you guys if you want to elaborate, I guess, on the writing process of it or lyric wise, how it kind of came together. Leave that to Connor. Yeah, that's, that was, uh, I wrote the like skeleton of it. Um, I was, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just this groove. I was really, really into, uh, that, that song two toes by Palm. I just like, couldn't get enough of that nine groove. And, uh, like, it just kind of found its way into that, you know, once, once those chords came together, it's actually just like a really fucked up, like harmonized A major scale <laughs> going down. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, and then like lyrically, it kind of just came all together in one little like burst. Um, yeah. Like just some, some weird spare thoughts that were kicking around, I guess, like about like weird dreams and, Shit like that. I don't know. Some weird spooky shit. <laughs> I remember that one kind of really just coming together yeah, pretty swiftly. It was, you know, once Connor came with the skeleton, it seemed like everything else was pretty intuitive. 
definitely yeah. some like things happened, but playing live. But I, yeah, we just remember jamming on that one and it feeling good. Yeah, it's a cool groove. It it mostly is in that like that nine groove that feels like four, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Like, um, which I thought was really cool. And then uh, like in the middle of the song, it goes into a 10. It's like the same, like same kind of like beat breakdown, but over 10 instead of nine, which is like kind of weird. Cause it doesn't really feel like an, like a shift, you know, it just kind of like smoothly goes into that 10 and then back into the nine. And then at the Cold end, food. yeah. Um, and at the end, it's just kind of like a, I don't know, it's like a cowboy shootout or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like is a, it's like a spaghetti from Cloud Atlas, Connor. Oh yeah, it actually is. I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> it is. You're right, That's dude. So sick. It's uh that scene where uh, what's fucking what's the the Frobisher. composer? Fro yeah, Frobisher, yeah, or Frobisher, yeah. He where he because he's the amanuensis. Oh, to that yeah. guy and he's yeah. showing him the scene yeah yeah and he plays he plays that part on piano and it's like yeah. the, all the times that uh that holly berry hears that song like in the in the 70s it's like not the same part that this dude is playing on the piano right then and i guess it really is just like mostly just this this cool like harmonization of an of a major scale because it's just an a major scale but i i reharmed that and then it kind of fell into that like nine groove yeah, I, I like the stutter. It's almost like when you hear like those like neo soul or like hip hop drummers like the stutter on it, like it's kind of almost same effect with the with the nine on it. Yeah, right. I suck yeah. ass. I can't do that for for shit. Oh, like the the, the stutter hip hop shit. <laughs> yeah. I just like cram the notes in there. I don't know how. Yeah, it's I, yeah. I sound like a I sound like a white person when I when I. That. <laughs> that, that, the drum intro, <laughs> the drum intro for First Ross is great though. Was that just kind of ad libbed on? Like, let's start it with um, set the groove. A lot of that, a lot of that stuff, like where I I'm like pairing parts. Like when I'm thinking about like a beat or a part over a certain riff, it's a lot of like it's a lot of trial and error. Like just trying out some stuff that works. And I try to I try to I try to make whatever I'm playing like really musical. That that could either be in counterpoint to what that riff is doing or really work in harmony with it. But I think in, in First Frost's case, like that beat kind of lends itself to the to the flow of that of that riff in nine. Like the snare kind of um, cuts the cuts the cuts the nine at, in the same kind of subdivision that the riff is. You know what I mean? Stuff like that to make it to make it make it sound cohesive. Yeah, it's good phrasing because there's ways. I really, to yeah, oh, I really like I really like First Frost because it's like one of the only songs that feels like we have a like an intro and then like a verse and then like a a part and then like a verse that comes back and right. it's like, and there's like it, it's one of like the you know the harmony the, the harmony is the same the whole time for the most part until the yeah, end yeah yeah it's, it's one, one of, of our, our more simple songs like in terms right. of like uh phrases like how many characters we have in a song and things yeah yeah it's more, it more, more traditional it's like more of like a traditional rock kind of. <laughs> yeah if you could possibly say that about the most yeah right right <laughs> it, we're, that was our farthest in our far our farthest venture into traditional rock music <laughs> it makes sense you wrote it in the, so in the far, room together just wait 
Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But I do like, it does delve into like the, it reminds me like weather report, like that, like C or whatever cool. section, like after it. Right. But, yeah. Well, let's, uh, I appreciate all of you coming to, to talk about it a little bit. We're going to, we're going to throw the track on. So let's listen to the first sure. by the most. I love all of you. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Joe. Love you too, Joe. Love you too, Joe. Love you, man.
Well, there you have it. That's everything we released in 2020. Thanks for listening to all this. Listen to what everyone had to say. Hopefully it provided some insight when you're listening to the tracks and jamming out. Hopefully you enjoyed some music. Uh, what's next, you ask? I got a note on my phone uh, about all the releases that we have planned for 2021. It's pretty cool. I can't show you it. Uh, I can tell you new in angles full length because I play drums in that band. I play drums in in angles. There's new full length coming from them, from us. A new invalids full length. Pete's already said that, so I can say it. A new invalids full length. I'm like three songs down. I have seven more to go with tracking. Look at the blister on my thumb. Oh, it's gross. This is bad pod podcasting, showing a nasty blister, especially if you're listening to just iTunes. Um, I think that's all I can really tell you right now. I got like six more things on my list though. So there's some pretty cool things coming next year. New merch. I'm going to keep doing the podcast. You know, big things coming soon. What else can I say? Uh, thank you so much for the support in 2020. It means a lot. I hope you continue to keep rocking with us and um, tell your friends. You know, I thought about like, there's like a podcast networks that you could like pitch your show to. And I thought about it. And then like, I was listening to one and an ad for Colgate came on and I was like, well, I'm very like anti-fluoride, right? That's why my teeth are bad <laughs> because, you know, calcifies your pineal gland. So, <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm hanging up. Goodbye. <laughs>